0: Hello, internet. This is Elle, one half of your terrible hosts. Today, Brittany and I are going to be talking to you about the assumptions people make about yoga that drive us just batshit banana balls insane. This also is the first episode that we ever actually recorded that we later decided was not actually going to be our first episode. So uh, please enjoy listening to our first foray into podcasting about terrible yoga.
1: There's a lot of yoga stuff out there or stuff that people think about yoga that is just not reality. So we're gonna talk about it today.
0: Yeah we are.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so on that note, Al, would you like to, to you know get the ball rolling? with the very first terrible perception and misconception about yoga. Uh
0: yeah, I can totally do that. I um so <laughs> <coughs> We are off to a oh, great start. Sorry, okay. Yeah, this is going really well so far. <laughs> uh yeah. My first thing that I um don't like when I encounter it and I I'm, I'm not going to lie, I feel like I probably encounter this more with other people who already practice yoga than I do with just strangers, but also strangers, is that there is some sort of diet and or lifestyle associated with a yoga practice that must come with the yoga practice. And that meaning like being vegan, being vegetarian, obviously being gluten-free, obviously being obsessed with being organic, obviously being keto, um, other things. You know what I mean? So all
1: the things, basically. All of the things. all,
0: (laughs) All lifestyles. Somebody thinks that if you're practicing yoga, you should also be doing X, Y, and Z. Right. And I find that very
1: annoying. Right. So every yogi is a gluten-free, raw food, keto, vegan. Correct. Right. Yes. Right. And how do we? How do we feel about that? Uh, don't feel great about it.
0: Don't feel too great about that. Don't like it. Um, I really feel like if you separate out the physical practice of yoga. Not to say that if you start practicing yoga from doing nothing, I feel like like with any exercise, you might start eating a little bit healthier. You may incorporate more vegetables in your diet because you find that that gives you a little bit more energy in the the long-term sense than, you know, shoveling bags of chips into your face. But also... Shoveling bags of chips into your face is nice, and I think that you should do it in
1: moderation. I I support that decision, and I think, especially (laughs) for me, I actually wrote down my version of this uh, misconception is that every yogi is a vegetarian, and us Mm -hmm. debunking that misconception is very comforting for me on a personal level, because I used to be a vegetarian, and I was when I started practicing yoga, and I... When I was halfway through our <laughs> yoga teacher training, I stopped being a vegetarian. And mm-hmm. so for me now, us debunking it is like, yes, I'm an okay person. I'm not a terrible antichrist of yoga because I'm not a vegetarian anymore.
0: Uh, no, I mean, you are You are the antichrist <sighs> of yoga. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, and I think, I mean, part of this obviously is that a lot of schools of yoga do say that you should be vegetarian for lots and lots of different reasons. But if you use your brain, <laughs> you may find that you don't actually have to do every single thing that somebody says that you have to do in order to practice yoga. And also, I would really like to say, specifically to
1: yoga teachers out there, my dog is barking, <laughs> Welcome, Luna, to the podcast tonight. Yeah. Ooh.
0: She's still barking. She's just on the other side of the door now. Um, <laughs> hang on. Where? What? What the hell was I saying? You were saying. Oh, right, 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 right. Um. Now she's scratching on the door to get back in. <laughs> uh, I think she'll be okay. Um. That if you are a vegetarian and you practice yoga, you are not doing a better job. Oh, my God. Are you coming back in? Okay. Hi. Wow. (laughs) Okay, yeah. If you are a vegetarian and you happen to practice yoga, you are not doing a better job at being yoga than the rest (laughs) of Of everyone else on the planet. Um, Because I feel like I also was a vegetarian at one point in my life and it did not overlap with my mm, yoga life even a little bit. And I've never felt like it should.
1: I'm just really... the, The part of this that really annoys me is that, I mean, for when anyone says you should do this thing in order to do this thing better, that just like immediately annoys me. Cause I think you're like
0: now. No, I don't want
1: to do that. I don't want to listen to you. But I think it's like it's people who you know force them. You know, people who force themselves to be vegetarian or to be vegan because they think it will. That's what they need to do to be a better yogi or to you know fit into some yogi mold. And it's not maybe it's not great for their body based on you know their history and their genetics. Maybe they just can't do it sustainably or healthfully, if that's a word. I couldn't sustain vegetarianism. I just couldn't. So if someone like like, was trying to shame me, making me feel like I was a terrible yogi because I can't be a vegetarian anymore. That would just be like really unfortunate and rude of them.
0: It's true. And I do also think that feeling like you have to be a vegetarian when it's not working for you. I know, like, from experience, that being both vegetarian and being gluten free is challenging. <laughs> It's stressful, and it's not as stressful as being gluten-free and being other things, Um, but it can be a huge pain in the ass, especially when you're out, especially when you're at other people's houses, when you're not in control of your own food. It starts to feel really nitpicky. So, like, if you have the option of not being vegetarian, and that works for you, I feel like because the ultimate goal of yoga is to just live out what exactly is happening in your present moment trying to stress out over part of your diet that you don't actually need
1: to do is crazy i think i think the bottom line is that you don't need to eat a certain way to be considered a yogi or to be you know a quote unquote better yogi you just got to eat in a way that you know keeps you alive <laughs> So,
0: yes, there we go. That there is some sort of diet and or lifestyle that is attached to yoga. Perfect. There doesn't have to be. No, definitely and Just not. do whatever the fuck you want. It's okay. Eat worry about the it so fried much. chicken.
1: and Eat it all. <laughs> eat it. Just do it. So, the second one that we wanted to talk about is one that I love to hate, mm-hmm. but also love. Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. mostly hate, um, is when people say, oh, you know, I don't practice yoga because I'm not flexible. Mm -hmm. Interesting. (laughs) Yeah. So the the thing being that yoga is only for people who are already flexible or maybe, you know, come from a place of more natural flexibility. And that's just garbage.
0: It is garbage as a person who has possibly zero natural flexibility <laughs> i know for a fact that that is garbage you don't have to be how are you going to
1: become flexible
0: if you don't practice being flexible ever
1: so on the to on the the notion of you know you have to be fill in the blank to to do yoga the the thing that comes to mind is I sometimes window online window shop at a particular Canadian yoga company that sh- that <laughs> yeah. shall remain nameless and I have noticed over the years that they have added I think literally one model who, <laughs> who isn't you know the thin sort of mold that we've seen and even that person just looks like very normal sized. <laughs> to yeah, like me. they're
0: they're just average sized. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, they're definitely you know quote unquote average sized. And it just it blows my mind that we're still in a place where we can't have a more diverse representation of yoga bodies, especially in a in an online space that's trying to sell you something. You'd think they'd wanna you know sell to everybody all the bodies. You would think. You think that they would be trying.
0: But they are not. But I mean they're not trying very hard. And I mean part of that probably is that they don't have to try very hard.
1: That's probably true. We're all buying it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so we are part of the problem, is what you're trying to say.
0: Uh yeah. That is what I'm trying to say. Um I was also I was um Online yoga window shopping today on a different <laughs> website, not Canadian, uh, but a very popular yoga website. And I did notice that they do have for pretty much every garment, it's being, mo- and I think that this is good, uh, it's being modeled by both like a, <laughs> an, an, I, I don't know how to phrase this in a better way because what I'm about to say sounds so stupid to me but a regularly sized model or a quote-unquote normal size model and then a, again quote-unquote plus size model um, which is somebody who is either real thin or extremely zero extre- no, percent body fat and then again somebody who is like an average sized person. Um, And yeah, every garment was modeled by those people. But when you search on the website, it's like in the search, it's all of the size zero to four models. They come up on the first page. And then if you go to the next page, it's the plus size models, but they are, Modeling the same garment, it's not like a plus-sized version of that garment, which po- possibly might be way more useful because bodies of different sizes need different things in their garments. But it's not. It's just the exact same thing, just made bigger, which possibly, again, useless. <laughs> but yeah, it's just the exact same thing. It's just on the next page, which I thought was almost beyond stupid.
1: <laughs> I think I think it's interesting. I think people thinking that you know yoga is for only certain kinds of people you know age shape size whatever that's not to say that yoga the experience of yoga will be the same for all of those things cuz it certainly wouldn't be there's obviously certain things that would that you'd need to take into consideration if you or that your teacher should take into consideration let's be honest if you yeah. all, <laughs> if you are of a different Not different, you know, different shape, or if you are of a different age than, you know, the typical person in the yoga class, there are certain things that maybe won't work for you as well as they'll work for the quote unquote norm, which is awful. And we need to figure out a better way to phrase those things. But that's, you know, I don't think that that should stop anybody from going into a yoga class. I know that it would be really intimidating to enter into that space being outside that, you know, thin, young female wealthy, frankly, norm. Yeah. <laughs> but able-bodied able-bodied, also. yeah, exactly. But those are all things that it shouldn't it shouldn't matter. And that is what bothers me a lot about the yoga industry when everything is so inaccessibly priced or literally inaccessible um that it's just not universally applicable for people. It really bothers me.
0: It's true, and I also do think that there are a lot of schools of yoga where the teachers are not even maybe taught how to make a class more accessible to people.
1: Well, I think if you if you know if you're thinking about the the kinds of classes that are always the same script kind of a thing, like there's. I am you, thinking about. I, those. Yes, I thought Indeed. that you, I thought you might be. There's there's no room for other bodies or other other you know other shapes and other sizes other ages to fit into that in a way that a teacher could tap into because it's just not taught which is not right
0: yeah um but back to the original point that you made which is that um i'm not flexible so i I can't do yoga i mean you can
1: (laughs) end of point (laughs) I I mean I came to yoga from like a more naturally flexible place and now I've like lost a lot of that (laughs) (laughs) flexibility and I I think that's you know from lack of doing yoga but I mean you gotta start somewhere if you you don't think you can do yoga because you can't touch your toes like 90% of the people in your class won't be able to touch your toes that's the whole point of either there why do you think they're doing yoga?
0: Yeah, it's true. Also, I find it really strange when people like grown adults are like, Oh, I can't even touch my toes. Like I have no idea why that yardstick is ever used to measure your personal flexibility. I genuinely don't get it. Like who gives
1: a holy shit if you can touch your toes? Why do you care? (laughs) So do you think we, sh- we shouldn't measure our flexibility or do you think there's a better way for us to do that?
0: I just don't think that in like a, a non-competitive, non-gymnastics, non-competitive yoga, whatever you think about that situation sense, there's no point in measuring your own personal flexibility against someone else's or against a predetermined measurement of flexibility like whether or not you can touch your toes I would say that a better measurement of flexibility would be are my legs and back totally fucked up no because I've been stretching them and they feel great then great you are flexible enough for your life (laughs) that's good you know what I mean it doesn't matter if you can touch your toes in that situation because you have done what is good for you yep I'm on board yeah right why
1: why <laughs> so the moral of the story um, is if you're using flex- your flexibility or lack of flexibility as a reason to not do yoga just stop doing that and stop go to, and, doing it. and go to yoga but only go to good yoga good, i mean yes that's asterisk beside <laughs> that point good yoga
0: <laughs> don't do bad yoga <laughs> Can I go into my next one because I feel like it is sort of related to you don't, I'm not flexible, so therefore I cannot do yoga. You may. Great. You ready for this one? I'm so ready. Yoga is just stretching. (laughs) Yoga is just stretching. I can stretch at home.
1: I do. I do really appreciate the voice. I think it really (laughs) adds to the experience that we're going for here. (laughs) But I agree with that. Actually, this is actually a funny anecdotal story. Look at me having organic, fun things to add content-wise. Um, <laughs> it's even better when you announce that. That's I know, it right?
0: That's the, <laughs> yeah, that's the that pinnacle. really also heightens the experience.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, one of the first yoga classes that I did when I started doing yoga, I was in my last year of my undergraduate degree. And we had a gym at school and we could go and take classes, whatever, for free, which frankly, I did not do enough and I regret it. But I went to the this yoga class with all of my roommates. So there was four of us and three of us were very much interested in doing yoga. And I would be happy to say three of us are still very interested in doing yoga and do it to this day. The fourth roommate that came with us laid down on the mat the entire class and did nothing because she didn't think it was hard enough and just thought it was stretching. And I'm here to tell you, Kate, that you were fucking wrong. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, actually, you know what? I have it also an anecdotal story. Oh my God, look at us. <laughs> about yoga and stretching. So shortly after I started my teacher training, I was talking to my brother about yoga. And he said that he didn't fully understand why i had to do 200 hours of training just to teach people how to stretch so i invited him to come to class with me the next week and i took him to the ashtanga primary <laughs> series
1: oh my god you're so mean
0: <laughs> um and then yeah but then i didn't hear anything again about it afterward
1: <laughs> <laughs> let's be very clear unequivocally on this point yoga is not just stretching.
0: Okay, now I'm going to go back on my point. Some yoga classes, I think, sort of are just stretching, especially if you know that that's what the people in your class expect. I think there's definitely a certain clientele who want the just stretching class, and that possibly is how this idea gets propagated, that yoga is it's a class of stretching. Because I've definitely heard... Other people, when I challenge them on this point, they'll say like, I went to a yoga class and we just sat for five minutes in a forward fold and like their class was not a yin yoga class. So, yeah, that's that's a class of stretching. But I would say that ideally, even if you're doing like a slower paced class, that there is some focus on building strength and balance, unless you are just doing something that is or restorative. But those are very specific classes for a very specific
1: need. That's not all of yoga. See, I would disagree with you slightly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Only because I, uh, a couple of months ago, uh, started using a fitness app on my phone for workouts and whatever. And there was, there was you know, there was uh quote unquote stretching classes and there was quote unquote yoga classes. And so when I whenever I would do a stretching class it was very clear to me that that stretching is not even remotely what I would consider yoga. Like even a class like that, you know, that person being in a forward fold for five minutes, that's like, that's not stretching to me because any stretching class that I've done, they're like, Oh, we're going to hold the stretch for a really long time. And it's like literally five breaths. And you're like, that's not really a stretch though. Or that's not, yeah, that's not really a stretch though. Is it, you did it for like two seconds. So it just, it, it really, every time I do a stretch class in there, i'm always like expecting it to be more like yoga and then it's not and then i'm like oh right that's because stretching and yoga are not the same thing and the other part of that i think is that the breath plays a really big part for me in yoga so if if you're in a class that seems like a lot of stretching like quote-unquote stretching but you're still really focusing on like an ujjayi you know full-bodied breath that to me is sort of what makes it yoga the, the the sort of two things combined because without it, then you are just stretching and breathing like a normal person. Because I, because I think stretching classes don't often incorporate breathing in the same way that a yoga class does. Does that make um,
0: sense? It does. I just wonder, like, if for the average person, they would be able to tell the difference. No, that's between true. That-
1: I just know that every time I do a quote-unquote stretching class, I get really annoyed because it's not a yoga class. (laughs) Like, this is not what I signed up for at all.
0: Yeah, that's fair. I also think sometimes that when people come into a class with, like, the expectation of, like, everything I'm going to do is going to make me more flexible, sometimes they focus maybe on the wrong part of the pose. Like, uh, in Downward Dog, when people are like really straining to get their heels on the ground. Like you don't have to do that in downward dog. That's not the purpose of the stretch. Like as you practice and become more flexible and your hamstrings and your calves and the whole back chain of your body like loosens up, your heels will touch the floor eventually if you just stop thinking about it. But um, I feel like people put more work in the wrong places into a lot of stretches because they think like, Oh, I should be able to have my heels on the floor. Therefore, I need to stretch my legs in this pose, whereas really it might be better for you to bend your legs in that pose.
1: Agreed. (laughs) (laughs) Should I go? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so the next one is sort of, you know, very, very broad, and I think it sort of ties back into the kinds of marketing images that we see about yoga, and that is that, you know – Obviously, yoga will solve all of your problems and make you infinitely happier. Kaito, um, this is so funny. Okay. <laughs> I feel like sometimes we
0: are just one person, <laughs> <laughs> one brain, one mind. Because uh, my number four, I wrote something, something corporate, and then <laughs> brands, please stop. And it was it was just the idea that the problem, Probably coming from the same thing at a different angle but like that there is something in doing yoga that you will achieve some sort of aspirational state and then if you have all the again and this is where this point was coming from if you have all of the tools to do yoga and this like sold
1: yoga lifestyle that like that's the first step
0: towards enlightenment.
1: I mean, obviously spending hundreds of dollars on yoga gear is the very first step. I do think that there is like a like this push
0: specifically in yoga marketing that doing this will just make you a better person
1: when in fact it does not. I mean, I think that the existence of this podcast is evidence of that. <laughs> <laughs> We are not highly enlightened, evolved beings. <laughs> yes, <And> we are. <laughs> <we're talking> about- <laughs> in fact, I would actually say, in certain instances, yoga in the very beginning made my life infinitely worse
0: <laughs> than it
1: was previously. Because it made me have to realize all the bullshit <laughs> that I had going on in my life and forced me to change it, which kind of made for, you know, a tiny little implosion, if you will, of my life and several radical changes. And so some, I think that, I mean, I think people will be like, oh, I'm just going to go to the yoga class. I'm going to be fine. It's going to be great. I'm going to be like so happy and whatever. And then maybe some other stuff happens consequently that you weren't prepared for
0: okay wait so I'm gonna like nitpick your point apart here for a second okay I don't know if that actually happens to the people who are like I'm gonna go to yoga and then be a better person because I think that there are people who start yoga classes very innocuously just thinking like I'm gonna go to an exercise class and then They go down a path of life-changing developments. There's also a very particular type of person who shows up to yoga just solely thinking that the practice of yoga and maybe meditation is going to make their life better without any additional work. And I feel like that can be true depending on what you're trying to get out of it, if what you want to get out of it is to be able to sit comfortably in your office chair all day, um, then yes, you have achieved your goal. But I do think that just turning up to a yoga class or a meditation class will not actually make you happier or more mindful if that is your goal. If you don't actually want to put in any of the work to do those things I think that people think that it's the final step and not just a tool that they have to use to get to the place that
1: they want to be I know that I 100% agree with you I think the other side of that is like on a very like a very basic class to class level I'm just thinking of people who come to come to a class say it's like you know a hip opening class or a uh, shoulder focused class and they think, Oh, this is going to be great. I'm going to like stretch really well and like feel really relaxed. And then that class for whatever reason brings up a lot of stuff for them. Like if it's a hip class, maybe they, you know, they get really emotional about something or they, you know, I think that's how hap- that's, that's happened to me quite quite a few times and those are those are like kind of the unintended consequences that people maybe don't realize that yoga can have an effect on them in that way and then they leave and they're like more upset or more sad than they were when they got there and like well i want a refund <laughs> cuz this is not this is not what i was promised i was promised a perfect yoga experience and happiness all the time
0: okay yeah i do see that point i will totally level with you i've never had an experience <laughs>
1: like that oh that blows my mind because that's like (laughs) every class I
0: know that it does happen to to other people Um, and I try really hard to relate I'm like oh it's okay take as long as you need this is a safe space but like while it's happening I'm like man I wish that I really knew what was going on right now because
1: I don't I'm so surprised that that has never happened to you
0: uh, no. Um, but on that note, I do think, though that sometimes people may not make that connection between feeling crappy and video class?
1: Okay. So are people just really like not in tune with themselves? Okay, as I'm saying that, I realize that that is the case. But it just <laughs> <laughs> but it just blows my mind that there are people out there that wouldn't be able to make that connection well i really feel like
0: the vast majority of people out there wouldn't be able to make that connection
1: that blows my mind as an example i think it was a i wasn't in teacher training yet i think it was just a normal workshop that i was taking on the weekend at night i think it was a headstand workshop and i traditionally and to this day continue to be very tight in my shoulders and so we did this headstand workshop you know lots of dolphins lots of you know prepping the forearms you know using your shoulders in a way to support you properly and I was so emotional for like I cried for the next three days after that workshop (laughs)
0: like I was just I was a mess I (laughs) remember Uh, I'm fully laughing at you. Just I'm not going to be like, "Oh, I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing with you." No.
1: <laughs> no, that's fair. But like that's the kind of experience that I had a lot in yoga and so I feel like if I if I was the type of person that didn't want those experiences, I'd be really mad at yoga for like doing that to me.
0: I do also think that it's possible that your uh, the place that you practiced yoga and the people that you practiced <laughs> yoga with maybe had a better grasp on that happening to people and explaining that happening to people than like someone who just takes a yoga class at their gym. No, I think that's true. Not that gym yoga teachers aren't great. I've taught at gyms, but um, I do think that practicing in a studio is very different environment-wise and in terms of what people want and the depth that people want in uh the like mental emotional mindful side of their practice and so I think you know all things being the same if you did the exact same class at a yoga studio and at a gym and then you left the gym feeling like your life was falling apart you might just be like I feel like this because my life is falling apart
1: (laughs) I feel very personally attacked. That's the, the, <laughs> the way you would choose to phrase it, but that's fine. I'll just, <laughs> in, I'll just, you know, I'll take that on and I will turn it into a piece of coal in my heart for later. It's <laughs> fine. Uh, I think, okay. I think that, the, I, I think the thing that sort of sums this one up for me, and it's so cliche, but I think about it like all the time is the. You know, before Enlightenment, I chopped wood and carried water. And then after Enlightenment, I chopped wood and carried water. Like, I just, that to me sort of encapsulates what yoga is and is not for me. And I know that that's, like, so cliche and whatever, frou-frou, granola garbage. But, it like, it really is. Like, if you're this type of person before yoga, you're going to be the same type of person after yoga. Or your life is not really fundamentally going to change unless you do the work to do that
0: yeah I fully agree yeah
1: my point number four which was
0: that if you turn up to a yoga class like that's the work I feel like sometimes people come to yoga with the perception that like yeah as long as I'm showing up I will be a new more different person just for being here which in some ways may be true because every day you're a new person. Oh my God. (laughs) But in the more real, less insane sense, uh, yeah, just turning up, just existing in a yoga class is not going to make you a better person. And also, again, I feel like sometimes especially large corporate brands sell this idea of kind of like superiority to people, this like covetable sort of lifestyle in the like, like this is what you should want. You should want this inner Zen and I can sell it to you by selling you yoga mats (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and i find it i don't like it i really don't like it in the same way that i don't like the way that brands sometimes sell people yoga apparel with you know sort of
1: peak poses or like vanity poses as the goal buy these pants and you'll magically be able to do this really cool arm balance that i can't think of in the name of one for right now so i'm just saying arm balance
0: <laughs> i think that's fine um <laughs> Yeah. And I mean, maybe not even magically, but it's kind of like, you know, if you choose this lifestyle, you'll be able to do this. But like, who cares if you can do that? Like Nobody. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And if the reason that you are coming to a yoga class is like just to do a headstand, then like, um, I mean, maybe that works out for you. But I don't know if that's a really great way to approach it. And if the reason that you're intimidated to come to a yoga class is because you can't do a headstand or you think that the point of yoga is to be able to do all these crazy things. I feel like we talked about this in the last one, whatever. Um, Or the next one, (laughs) whatever. Um, Like, I, I, I don't know if that's great either. And by, I don't know. I mean, I know for a fact that it isn't great. Agreed. Great. Long rambling point about nothing check
1: very on brand very on brand for us yeah do you want to do your next one
0: I would love to do my next one this is my final one so if you have more that's great because I only have five um my fifth one is that yoga is always safe and you cannot get hurt
1: doing yoga Ooh, that's a really interesting one that I had literally not thought about at all
0: I have had the fortune to teach a number of beginner classes in yoga. And I didn't think that this was an attitude that I was going to encounter because it very obviously does not make sense. But I have. I have had people come to class believing that, you know, every single thing that you do in a yoga class – is going to be beneficial to you, that all of the poses will be universally beneficial to everybody. I've had people um, like outside of class who I've talked to about yoga express extreme disbelief that they were injured during a yoga class or they don't think that their injury could possibly have come from their yoga class. And it's like, no, you definitely can really fuck yourself up doing yoga. And... Yeah, I, I feel like sometimes people in the yoga class setting are like scared to advocate for themselves to be like, excuse me, yoga teacher, this is really uncomfortable because like obviously not every pose is going to work for everyone. And yeah, I dislike
1: that sentiment. It's very interesting the way that you phrased it because it makes perfect sense, but I'd literally never thought about it. But of course, people would be like why doesn't this pose work for me why does this pose not feel the way that it should kind of a thing and oh i can hurt myself in yoga um i have two points and i will do each of them but the first one is that i have severely injured myself in a yoga class being a moron and being very like (laughs) ego centered i don't think you were in that class It might have, I think it was an Ashtanga class because how else would I have hurt myself? Hell
0: yeah. Please tell, do tell us, me and anybody who may be listening to this, please
1: tell us what you did. Yeah. So I was, I think it was towards the end of class because that's when you tend to do this pose in an Ashtanga primary practice. I was doing Lotus Pose Mm -hmm. Padmasana and I'd done it a load before like tons and tons of times before like it was fine not like a full lotus because my hips are not rubber bands but I you know was working on you know putting both on wrote like switching it up seeing which one worked better for that day and how my hip flexibility was feeling for whatever reason that day it just was not working for me and I put my left foot on top like pulled my left foot in to bring it into the hip crease for a lotus and then there was a lovely snapping noise <laughs> no and it didn't honestly hurt that much but it i thinking back on it now it immediately felt really really warm which is probably not a great sign cuz i did literally i did first aid literally today and i know that that's not a good sign <laughs> Um, But so I had I had partially torn or partially strained one of the, the ligaments in my knee from doing Lotus because my hips were not open enough. So the stress went right down into my knee and I heard that popping noise. Thankfully, we had lucky to have an osteopath in the class who was able to do some adjustments on me that I think in the long run really helped. It made things really painful in the class, (laughs) but I think, (laughs) but I think it helped in the, in the longer run. Um, I could barely walk the next day. Like it was so unbelievably painful. So whatever I did to myself being all ego filled, like, Oh, I can totally do Lotus and this is totally safe and I'm going to be fine. Didn't, didn't work out that way for me that day.
0: Nope, no nope. um on that point, sorry, hold on to your second point because I definitely need to know what it is. but on that point, like as like a subsection of this, so not just from uh, a novice to yoga or someone who you know oh my god, a novice to yoga or someone who's never practiced before or even just a regular but very sort of casual practitioner, um, thinking that you can't be injured because everything in yoga is some type of betterment or restorative thing for you or gentle even which is again I I don't know how you can be in any class that you have done warrior two in and think (laughs) that yoga (laughs) class is gentle but I do also think that sometimes like very very regular very intermediate And experienced yoga practitioners and then yoga teachers very especially just like jump into a pose without really assessing whether that's what you should be doing today. Because I've never torn anything, but I definitely have done the... I do this a lot with fire log pose. Oh, yes. Where uh, 99.9% of the time... I can get, you know, that top knee right down to my ankle, no problem. And then the other 1% of the time, though, that knee does not want to go anywhere. It does not want to be in the same zip code as my ankle. And <laughs> I sometimes will just, like, push it down because I'm like, no, I can do this pose. And it is, oh, man, it's always the wrong decision. <laughs>
1: I think there's something to be said, especially if you're new to a yoga practice and, you know, trying like all poses that are, you know, give, or made available to you in a class or that are suggested to you by the teacher. But I think that you always need to approach them in a way like this pose is, you know, basically a contortion. And your body's not necessarily built or made to move in that way, especially if you've never done it before. So maybe, you know, be curious, but, you know, cautiously curious and, you know, feel your way into it. Take your time. Don't just, like, shove yourself into, I'm trying to think of a really complicated pose right now. Um, Like, yeah, you can do it. I'm just going to go with Podmasana, because that one's really complicated without having done it because you could just, like, wrench your knee like i did or your ankle or any literally any part of your leg in padmasana could be damaged <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's your and it's such a uh like identifiable yeah pose like there's such a cultural
1: like, sort that's, of that's the yoga pose
0: it is it's like it's what you think of when you think of yoga is like a lotus pose so
1: I mean, maybe not everybody does, but I definitely do. So my my counter, not counterpoint, but my second point on this point is sort of the opposite of what you said in terms of it really annoys me. And it's only I can only think of one example when it's happened, but it really annoyed me when it happened. (laughs) Um and I remember it to this day like five years later when you go to you know a studio or a gym and they just flat out don't do poses because of the risk involved in it um yeah so I'm thinking um specifically studios that you know don't do certain types of Uh, headstands like they don't do um, shoulder stand or they don't do a tripod headstand but they do other kinds of things but they just flat out don't do certain inversions because of the risk involved and that really annoys me. (laughs) Why? (laughs) Because I think that it's not just like it's not up to A yoga teacher to you know tell you to do a pose if it's not going to work for you that day I think it's similarly not up to a studio or to a teacher to say you can't do this pose if you have already done it before you know how it works like I just I just don't like when studios like no you can never do this because it's not safe especially when the alternative that they're proposing is anatomically speaking less secure than the pose they don't want you to do
0: are you talking about, uh, for example, perhaps maybe a studio that might practice a handstand or a forearm stand, <laughs> but not a, a headstand, a supported headstand? Correct. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> interesting. Yeah. <laughs> An interesting take. I do see both sides of this. I hate being the person who sees both sides. You're so balanced and well-rounded. I don't like that at all. Um, And for the record, I don't believe that seeing both sides of an argument makes you balanced and well-rounded. Sometimes (laughs) it just makes you stupid. But in this case, I, I definitely see where they're coming from in one sense I don't think that it's a good idea to issue a blanket statement saying nobody should ever do a headstand ever in their life because it's dangerous because for some people doing a headstand is not dangerous at all and for other people folding forward too quickly is dangerous and can impact their life in the form of throwing out their back For weeks. So I do think that that's sort of ridiculous. Like there's a. (laughs) There's definitely a personal aspect involved. I do though. See. Coming from like. I personally don't teach. Shoulder stands. Ever. I don't ever incorporate them into my classes. If my classes end up in a place. Where you can come into a shoulder stand. And someone who knows what a shoulder stand is. Wants to do a shoulder stand, I normally won't tell them not to, but I don't generally, especially when I'm not practicing with people that I know, like if it's a class of people I'm just meeting for the first time, uh, I would never feel comfortable enough cueing somebody into a shoulder stand.
1: Interesting. In this particular instance that I'm thinking of, it, towards the end of the class, we were going to do an inversion practice, and so teacher was like you know go over to the wall work on your headstand i'd never been to that studio before so when you say headstand to me that is the you know the the more classical ashtanga headstand where your forearms are on the ground and they cup your head and then you you go up as opposed to the hands on the ground tripod headstand yeah which is what they practiced at that studio
0: see sorry i just have to that to me sounds much less
1: Exactly. Same?
0: Exactly. That's (laughs) Exactly.
1: We're all on the same page. (laughs) So I I went up to the wall and I was getting, and at this point I was in my yoga teacher training. I had a very solid headstand practice. Um, And so I went up to the wall, put my mat on the wall, started doing the version of headstand that I practice and that I'm very comfortable practicing. And the teacher came over and said to me, we don't do that here. So don't do that. (laughs) And so I've been a little jaded since then about encounters of that sort. Because you don't get to tell me what to do with my body. (laughs) To do or not to do. That is my point.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that point. I would very strongly agree with the point that if they just said go over to the wall and practice headstand... I don't see regardless of what type of headstand you're doing how that's a more safe and responsible practice. Yeah. Like that doesn't make any sense at all. So, yes, I fully agree with where you are coming from.
1: But yeah, going I mean, going back to your original point, I think yoga this kind of I think your that point sort of links back to the earlier point about yoga is just stretching is because maybe People don't think that yoga is really like an athletic endeavor or an athletic pursuit. And therefore, you can't hurt yourself because you're not really doing anything. But that is 100% not the case. And it, I mean, you're putting your body through a lot of stuff that maybe you've never put it through before. And even if you have, like, depending on how you're feeling that day, you could have done a pose a thousand times. And that 1001 time is the time that you hurt yourself for whatever reason. So I think... You can absolutely hurt yourself doing yoga and people should. And if you, so if you think that yoga is always safe, it's not. It's a death trap. No, I'm just
0: kidding. <laughs> um, but like even considering that people might just think it's stretching, like you can get hurt
1: stretching. Oh no, 100%. I just think that there's that so, mindset that's like yoga is not like a sport and people only hurt themselves in like sports. But that's obviously garbage. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I fully I also think that part of it is because a lot of the time yoga is recommended to people, um, whether it's by a very, you know, holistically forward thinking doctor or by like from a friend or from a physiotherapist to say like, oh, I think it would really help your back if you did some yoga. But the stipulation to that is that you like with anything need to do it carefully because you know you shouldn't get hurt walking but if you walk out into the street without looking both ways you might get hit by a freaking car so I look both ways before you stretch (laughs) is my point
1: (laughs) that is an excellent point (laughs) thank you (laughs) we're we're gonna wrap it up we've been talking for quite some time you don't need this much yoga nonsense in your brain um We wanna know from you what were you know, if you're new to yoga, what are your perceptions and misconceptions about yoga? If you're not new to yoga, what what kinds of things do you hear people say about yoga that make you go, oh my gosh, that's just not true. We wanna know. Everybody drinks green smoothies and is a size zero, obviously. Um we wanna know, so we you can find us online on Instagram and on Twitter. We're at terrible yoga, which frankly is amazing that those handles were available. I'm going to keep just, you know, that's just going to, I'm always going to talk about it because it's so amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Until next week, remember, if you can do Astavakrasana Vakrasana without immediately chin planting, we hate you.